pray again before the word. Father, we just thank you. Your word is good. It's pure. It's forever settled in heaven, Lord God. Your word never changes. It's timeless. And Father God, it's powerful. Lord, it's even sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord God. And Father, this morning we just ask that you'd cut us open again, Lord God, that you'd just show us the things we need to do and change in our lives and the things we need to build us up. Lord God, we just thank you so much that your goodness never ends. Lord, we thank you that your love never stops reaching out for us. What a great and amazing and mighty and beautiful God you are. We just worship you this morning. We're just asking you to just be here with us. Show us the things that we need to know, Lord. Reveal the word to us, each one individually, Father God, and us as a church together. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, said this week we were going to look at Ephesians 5 um, about, you know, the submission part for for ladies. We're talking to women um, about what God's asking of them in a marriage relationship. And we've talked to men a lot of the time and it's it's pretty easy to say love someone, isn't it? Well, it's not, not hard to get up and say, you know, you need to love more. But when it starts to come into things like the Bible saying submit to your husband, what the heck? That's just not right. We can't do that. And so it's one of those subjects that's quite hard to talk about, but I just want to deal with it the best I can this morning out of what I understand and know and what I've, I've read and, and studied and try and give you a picture of what this actually is meaning for us as Christians. Now, starting next week, we're going to have a series called People Who Drive Me Nuts. Okay, so we're going to do that <laughs> for six weeks. And we're going to look at relational problems in that. So working out how do we actually sort out relational problems in different areas of our life. So that'll be six weeks. We're starting that next week. So this week, we're looking at ladies and that word submission. Okay, so the verses that we're really looking at today is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, and on from that. And Ephesians 5, verse 21 to 24, and verse 33. So we should read that first, hey? So look at Ephesians 5 first, verse 21 to 24. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Wives, be subject, be submissive and adapt yourselves to your own husbands as a service to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, himself the saviour of his body. As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. Let's look at verse 33. However, let each man of you, without exception, love his wife as being, in a sense, his very own self, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honours him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him and loves and admires him exceedingly. Now, that's out of the Amplified Bible. So you see those words at the bottom there? There's quite a big list there. Um, Just to try and more deeply explain what that is meaning. Let's go to 1 Peter. Verse 1 and 2. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands. So subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and are dependent on them and adapt yourselves to them. So that even if... Any do not obey the word of God, they may be won over, not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives, 
when they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for him all the reverence that includes to respect, defer to, revere him, to honour, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human sense to adore him. That is to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Okay? So as we start reading this, in the world today, obviously, we've got this big problem in regards to these passages because really what we, we start to think is that the Bible's saying that women are inferior to men. Okay? So they're positionally not as important. There's something about being a woman that makes them a lesser person. Just want to point out to you that submission does not equal that at all. Okay? Submission does not mean that you remain silent and submission does not mean that you're inferior. God did make us different though, didn't he? And as we go through what we're going to talk about today, hopefully this will open up your understanding of what this actually really means and why it's important. Because the submission itself firstly has to be a voluntary act of giving in. So when the Bible's talking about submitting, it's a voluntary act. It's not because someone is dominating you. It's not because they're, you know, those old games you used to play where you're doing mercy and stuff like that and you're bending each other's fingers back and and the strongest one wins. (laughs) That's not how it works. The submission that you do is an act of giving in. That's what we're looking in, an act of giving in. It doesn't mean giving in as in, oh, you're the boss and I'm a nothing. As we read through those scriptures in in the um, Amplified Bible, It talks about things like respecting, deferring. What does that mean? It means that when there's a decision to make and it's important, you take into account what's the husband going to do. Revere, honour and esteem, appreciate, prize, in the human sense to adore him. You see, the word respect that you read down in verse 33 of that Ephesians 5 chapter, that actually means to hold one above all others. It means that you are looking to your husband as the person who is above all other people. And that's the way God wants it to be. Just as the husband is meant to love his wife as Christ loved the church and make her everything that God's meant to be, it's going to work. You see, when God asks us to do things, it's not because he wants to prove something, it's because that's the way it is. We've got to think and understand that God's the creator. He knows men and he knows women. If God's saying, hey, guys, this is actually the way it's going to work. Husband, you've got one commandment, love your wife. Wife, you've got one commandment, respect your husband. God understands what women and men are like. He made us, didn't he? He made Adam. He took Eve out of Adam and and he set up the order of things. And we're going to look at that a little bit further later on. But we've got to understand firstly that this is the way God did it. Okay? Okay? We're different people. It's like if we had a big event on and, and Joe comes home and, and people are asking questions, if it's a lady, she'll say, oh, I saw so-and-so there. And it's like, what were they wearing? If my mate comes back and, and talks to me and he says, oh, I saw Joe there, I'm not like, what was he wearing? <laughs> there's something different. There, there's a different makeup of who we are. And men and women are different. They think differently. There's different things that are important to them. Most men do not cry when someone says something nasty to them in the workplace and they just can't get over it so they go and cry somewhere in a quiet corner. (laughs) I don't think I've done that. No, I haven't. (laughs) 
But women can. There's an emotional difference as well. It's like women tend to be more emotional. That's the way they're made. Men are usually less emotional in that way. And so God understands who we are, what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And obviously what he's saying is, husbands, you've got a bit of trouble knowing what loving really looks like because you're not born into this relational type of thinking. You're not thinking relationship. You're thinking problem solving. How do we do this? How do I make this work? Those sorts of things. It's sort of more practical. It's like we don't ring up someone to have an hour-long conversation because we just feel like we need to connect. We ring up for information like, yeah, how are you going? Yeah, can you bring the hammer? Yep, no worries. See you later. You know, it's not really usually very long. It's short and it's sweet <laughs> most of the time. But ladies like to get into conversation. They like to, to talk about feelings and things like that. No, nothing inferior or superior about that, just the way things are. So we've got to trust that God knows us best, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> Thank you. We do. We have, to, we have to know that God knows best, okay? Now you've got to also understand this. The teaching that Paul was going through at this time was absolutely radical because in First Peter and in Ephesians it's talking about be submissive to your own husband. Firstly, number one, you are not submissive to every man on this planet. God's asked you to be submissive to one man. That's it. He's saying this person is the one you have joined with. You've become one flesh with, and this is what I'm saying within marriage. This is how it works. Apart from the natural order of things, like when we talk about submission, like a a worker is to submit to his boss. Okay. So if the boss is a man, you submit to that. If it's a woman, guess what? God says submit to that authority in your workplace. Men, you don't have a right to be over every woman. I'm sorry, it's just not right. Because God says that we're to submit to one another in love, whether we're man or woman, slave or free, in that way. We're submitting. We're we're saying, okay, I'm going to live this life of submission, a godly attitude of honouring other people. So ladies, you are not to submit to every man. Not every man has power over you. And back when Paul was writing these things, the Jews were, were in this state where there was a morning prayer that the guys used to pray and they used to say, God, I thank you that I'm not a Gentile. I thank you that I'm not a slave and I thank you that I'm not a woman. What does that speak of? It speaks of this idea that men were over women. They were more important. Well, the Greeks, they had a different way of living at the time. It was pretty much this, that you needed a sexual partner outside of marriage. You needed someone else who lived in the house with you or came in and out who was the pleasure partner. And you had a wife and her job was to look after the home and bear legitimate children. So you've got to think this is the mindset of the time, okay? And the Romans, it was said about them by a man called Seeker that the only reasons that Romans married was so that they could be divorced and they only divorced so they could be remarried. It was such a free and loose society that it was like, oh yeah, we just get married to get divorced, to get married again. Women were treated as commodity. And then Paul comes in and writes some stuff here that says, husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Treat them as joint heirs with you 
to the things of God. He's saying, hey, she's going to receive everything from God that you receive. You're joint heirs. You're together in this. One's not more important or less important. And so when you start to think about that context, it starts to really make your mind tick over. Wow. Women were so denigrated, so put down and so underneath that they were just treated as nothing. And you see that still in many societies today. So this isn't about that sort of position. God's saying, husband loves your wives. And in fact, in verse 7 um, of First Peter 3, it says that husbands honour your wives. Honour your wife? What? But she's lower than me. No, lift her up, honour her. See her as who she is, a child of God and a joint heir of things of Christ with you. So this is the sort of society that he's in. But still then there is the question of submission and respect. Well, how does that work into that then, equality? Like I said before, this is an attitude that you have, an attitude that you adopt. You say, yes, I'm going to choose to be like this. And we're going to go through the reasons why very shortly. It's not a blind obedience without question. In fact, in that Peter passage there, it talks about Sarah a little bit later on, who was Abraham's wife. And it says, She was an example to you of a godly woman who respected and obeyed her husband. And she even called him Lord. We'll go through that a little bit later on. And it says that there are other godly women down the ages that were an example of this type of living. Did Sarah just get walked all over? I don't think so. Ishmael got kicked out of town because Sarah said, I don't want him there. It wasn't like she was just some, you know, floppy jellyfish that just went with everything and just whatever he said, she did. But when Abraham was told to go because God said to him, go, Sarah obeyed. She said, yes, Abraham. I'm trusting you. I'm going to put my trust in your leadership. And I understand that this is what God wants me to do. It's a godly attitude. Submission is a cheerful subjection and loving reverential respect. And as I said before, this only really works properly when the husband and wife do both exactly what God's asked them to do. Husband, Love your wife, wife, respect, honour your husband. Outside of that, it becomes a bit distorted. But God didn't say, only if your husband loves you, then you respect him. And he didn't say, only if your wife respects you, you love her. God's given a command to us to do these things without question in obedience to him. It's a God-given order that he's given us. So what is it about submission? Why should I do it? I mean, it's really hard, you know, as a man to come and talk about these things because you'd easily be accused, well, yeah, you're a man. I mean, the blokes wrote the books in the Bible, didn't they? But it's not really what it's about. This is about what does God want? What's God saying to us? Do we really believe this is the word of God or is it the word of God when I want it to be? Is it the things that I want that I take on board, the things I don't, I don't? And I've got to tell you, there's so many things in the Bible that that question my belief system. Things I have believed, things probably down the road I will believe. There's, There's times when I know I've got it wrong in the past. 
And then God showed me, hey, this is really what it's saying. So just think about these things. Because if we're not challenged in how we think, then the Word of God's not doing its job, is it? Because the Word of God is to correct as well. It is to change our life. It's to to bring us into maturity of Christ and show us how we're to live as Christians. Okay. So the first reason that God, why a wife is asked to submit and that she should be doing this. Firstly, the submission that is asked for is primarily a worshipful and pleasing attitude that is towards the Lord. Okay? It's firstly to be made under him. This is what God's saying. If you do this, this is going to be pleasing to me. Now, if we're a Christian, we'd love to please God, right? I think that would be right. We want to please him. And we're meant to do that. We're meant to do what he asks us to do, and this is pleasing to him. Now, there is a chain of command in this. Now, it says, as to the Lord, the first authority is Jesus Christ. That's it. Then the man, then the lady. That's what the Bible's saying. It's an authority. It's not a power. It's not like a a taking command of and, and squashing down, but God's saying this is how it works. This is the authority that I have given. And submission is not only in marriage. We looked at that before. There's people that God gives authority. The government, we submit to each other. The church is to submit to Christ. The devil, he's got to submit to Christ as well. As Christians, we're asked to submit to leadership in the church. And as I said before, a boss and a worker, it's the same thing. We're meant to submit because God sets up authority. He understands authority. We see the picture in, um, of the Roman centurion and he came to Jesus and, and his daughter was sick. He said, I'm a man under authority and I understand it. I understand authority. And so what I'm saying is, Jesus, just at your word, you say it and my daughter will be healed. He knew who Jesus was and the authority he was given. And people don't seem to have much of a problem with this in most of society, do you? You don't really have that much problem obeying the government most of the time, except for if you're rebellious. You don't have a problem with your boss at work if they ask you to do something, you accept the authority, even if you don't like it. But marriage is something different. And I guess maybe it's because you feel that loss of identity of who you are. Yet this is what God is asking you to do. The authority has to be in the Lord first. So so when it talks about the authority, in everything, in verse 24, it says, As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. That doesn't mean whatever they say. I'll, I'll bring that out a bit later. Because there are times when you cannot subject yourself to the authority of your husband. And we're going to go through that list later. And really what it boils down to is if he is not being godly in that state. Thinking about that, ladies, if you have a husband who is not a Christian, it does not excuse you from that. When we go to 1 Peter chapter 3, it's talking about that of unbelieving husbands. Yet God's still asking you to submit to their authority. And he's saying stay married to them. If they're happy to be married to you and and they love you, you stay married to them. 
But if they're not happy to be married to you, you're free to leave. But even so, you're asked to submit to his authority in the household. You're not to say, well, you know, I'll only submit if I think he's right. I'll only submit if I think that it's in my best interest. Men actually have a heart for their wives. They really do. They want to look after them. And and I'm going to just give you a little bit of a list of of, uh, what a a, a doctor has said about this, Dr. Emerson Egerich's, which is a funny old name, but anyway... He wrote a book called Love and Respect, which you can get if you want to, which talks about these things, the love a husband should have and the respect a wife should have. He talks about unconditional love and unconditional respect, which is amazing. When you read through the book, the testimonies of what happened, I would recommend that you would read that and just see what he has to say. So number one, this is, a, is pleasing to God when you submit to your husband. It pleases him. Why? Because it's obedient. It's the same as when the church submits to Jesus Christ and we don't just go ahead and do everything we want to do and forget what God wants. Number two, submission is the order of creation. Paul talks about in in a passage about how man was made first and woman and so that's why he's got that position. But then he says, but yet man can't exist without woman because she has kids. She gives birth to men. But at the beginning, God created Adam first. He gave him some authority in the world. He said, right, Adam, I'm bringing all the animals to you and I want you to name them. Not only that, I want you to look after this world, till it and make it what it's, what it's meant to be. And so he was working with God and then he made woman and he said, it's your help me, someone to be alongside you in this mission that I've given you. So man was wired to work, wired to do these things. That's how God made him. And he brought along woman because he could see it wasn't good for man to be alone. He might be great at organising and naming things, but he needed someone who could relationally help him and work with him in what God had given him to do. And he gave Adam an authority there. And in fact, after the fall, it says that the, the thing that was placed on Eve was that now you're going to be, you know, towards your husband. He's going to rule over you in verse 16 of Genesis chapter 3. But the thing is that with authority comes accountability and this is what he's asking of husbands. I want you to understand this. Your husbands are held accountable for your actions by God. Just as a minister of God It says that you should obey those in authority over you in the church because they are watching out for your soul. I'm held to a greater degree in account by God. That's why the Bible says not many of you should be teachers because there's a higher accountability that comes with that. God is saying, I put you in a position of authority, but with authority comes accountability. So when they ate of the tree, which God actually talked to Adam and said, don't eat of it, then he made Eve. Adam was to pass on what God had said to him and, and, and so Eve did that and she was tempted by Satan and she took a bite and then she took it to Adam. But who did God come looking for in the garden? He said, Adam, where are you? What's happened? Now Adam was pretty quick to point out that it was God's fault because he made the woman that made him do the wrong thing which didn't seem to be taking that accountability or authority seriously. 
But God is holding your husband accountable for you. God has given him a position in marriage of authority that is to help you and him progress in life. So that's number two. Number one, it's pleasing to God. Number two, that's just the way God made it. If he made it the other way, that's the way it would be. That's what God does, whatever he wants. Does it make you less? Absolutely not. Obviously, you're free to be who you are. Free to be who you are. Number three, it's a model of the relationship between Jesus and the church. So just as the church is submitted to Christ, so too wives are to be to husbands. Now, when we're submitted to Christ, what is it? What we're saying is, Jesus, we want to take part in your mission. It's a sub-mission. We're taking part in that mission, but we're not Jesus. We are his representative on earth as a church, and we are asked to submit to his authority and his ruling in our life. And this is what it's meant to be, a model of the relationship between Jesus and the church. And it's exactly the same with a wife and husband. It's a submission. We're working together in obedience and glorification. In other words, we're working together, husband and wife, to glorify God. Now, it does not mean when Sarah called Abraham Lord, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that now, about calling someone Lord or, or submitting to their authority. This is not what it does mean. It does not mean that your husband is God. Definitely does not mean that. And it doesn't also mean that he is so oblivious to God, so if I think God's saying something, I'm just going to do that anyway. But it's an understanding of authority, how God did it. And can I just tell you right now, your submission will only be tested in disagreement. Would that be true? It's only when you disagree with someone that your submission or your heart of submission is tested. If you disagree with your husband, that's when it's tested. If I disagree with my boss, that's where it's tested. How would I go if my boss said do something and I ran around and told everyone the boss is an idiot, he, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's useless? Think about that in regard to your husband. You cannot say you respect and honour your husband if you go around trashing him to everybody. In fact, that will pull down the respect that you have for him. It will pull down the respect he has for himself and it will pull down the respect that other people have for him. So, Neil, are we meant to just not say anything? If something's going wrong, no. You need to find people you trust, that you love, that are discreet, that won't spread whatever your garbage is to everybody and pray through those things. It is really, really important that your husband, for whatever reason we're just made this way, needs to know that you respect him. And if you think about respect, the words that we say and the attitudes we have show whether we respect or not. And it's really tempting if your husband's not a Christian or maybe they're a weak Christian in your eyes to think, well, you know, I would submit to him if only he really knew how to be a good head of the home. 
If my husband was a good head, then I would submit to him. Not what God's asking. Not what God is asking at all. And it's tempting if you're your husband is not a Christian, that you would defer that headship to another man. And this is something you really need to be careful with. Remember what the Bible said when we read it? It said you're to submit to your husband. Submit to your husband. In other words, you have to make him the number one in your life. doesn't matter. You might think another man's better. You might think another man's more pure. You might think another man's more religious and knows God better, and so therefore I'm better off being under his authority and covering. No, you're not. God clearly says you are only to be submissive to your husband that way. So ladies, if you're in that place where you're thinking, well, my, my, my man's not a Christian, so I need to find an authority that I can come under. No, you don't. You come under Christ, that chain of authority. Until he steps up and either becomes a Christian or... If he is a Christian and he's not really walking in what God wants, yes, you do need to submit to Christ first, but there's a whole lot of other things that you just need to defer to your husband for. You need to make him the number one person in your life, not that really charismatic Christian guy who seems to know all the answers. Well, I'll go to him because that's meeting a need that my husband can't meet. If your husband's not meeting a need, get Jesus to fulfill it in some areas of your life. Okay? Now, we know that that's just the way men are. In Esther 1, 16 to 20, there's a story about Queen Vashti who, who refused to do what the king said. Now, she had, she had every right not to do it because he wanted her to dance naked in front of everyone. Now, that's pretty pretty reasonable request to refuse, right? <laughs> but there was a fear that came through that place that they wanted to make a law that women can't do that because it shows disrespect to the husband and it would cause everything, rebellion to break out and the world would come to an end. Now, I'm not saying that's a godly pattern. I'm just saying this is how men think. They love to be the ones that are in charge. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but it's true. We do. We like to push forward. We like to be the first among equals is what we'd call it in a marriage. We're not better. We're the first among equals. We want to lead. That's how God designed us. We want to take things that way. We want to, want to break new ground. We want to explore. We want to, we want to establish new horizons and, and find God in new ways, generally. And so with submission, we've got to be careful because submission is not when you have contempt for your husband. You can't have that. You can't have this contempt, that bitterness inside of you, just as a husband was told, do not be bitter against your wife, in the same way a wife has to learn how not to have contempt. She's not to verbally abuse him and attack his character all the time because it will just destroy any relationship that you have. It's not about getting your way. It's about going God's way. And of course, again, I will stress it applies at husbands and wives. This works the best. This is when it goes well, is when the husband loves the wife and the wife respects the husband. Outside of that, it's just not going to be really good. It really isn't. And that's the way God made it. So let's have a little list of what Dr. Emerson Egerich says about what a man is like, the desires that they have. 
Now, I would ask you to read this book if you're wondering, because I'm only going to just mention these things and not expand too much on them. But these are things that they've noticed in men, what they have and what they need to be appreciated for, okay? Because a husband will not sometimes understand that you don't appreciate what he's doing because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Let's take, for example, work. He might think, oh, I'm supplying what my family needs. I'm working really hard to give them everything they want. But the wife's going, hey, I just want you. I just want your attention. I just want you to spend time with the kids. But a man might not fully understand that, okay? So these are the things that a man might have in their nature. Number one, they have a desire for conquest, to work and achieve. That's in a man. There's not too many men that don't want to achieve something or work and do something useful with their lives. You need to appreciate that. Appreciate that that's what they love to do. They have this hierarchical type of personality and that doesn't mean they want to be the boss but they want to be the one who can protect and provide for their family. They don't want that responsibility taken off them where it's like, um, you know, we don't need you. But they've got this desire that they want their kids to do well. They want their wife to do well. Generally, most husbands have a good heart towards their wife and that's never in question. They really do. They want to see the best for their wife. So you've got to understand that is part of men's nature. This isn't from me. This is from someone who's done a lot of study on it. So they've got a desire to protect and provide for their family. You need to be able to respect that. You need to say thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. I really appreciate it. I respect what you're doing for me. They have this authority in them. that They, they have a desire to serve and lead. It's not just about being in charge, but they really want to serve. As the head of the house, they want to serve you. They really do. They want the best for you again. They want the best for you. And they have a desire to lead. They desire to be able to help you get to where you're going. They have this propensity for insight. They like to analyse and counsel. And this is something husbands have to work really hard at. That we don't just come home and hear our wives and, you know, they're saying, pouring out this stuff to you and you're just saying, oh, this is how you fix that. And they're like, I actually didn't want to know that. I just wanted you to listen and understand and care for me. So husbands have this different mindset. Like when you hear something, the first thing you think is, how can we fix that? And that's what men have. But you need to also appreciate that as a wife, that that's the way men are. They like to fix things. They like to make them better. And so they analyse and counsel. You need to understand his desire for relationship, sometimes just as shoulder to shoulder, not always face to face. Just because a man wants to be with you doesn't mean he wants to talk. Did you know that? <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that he just loves having you with him sometimes. It doesn't always have to be deep discussion, <laughs> you know, about feelings and, and what's going on. Sometimes they just want you there. 
men have to understand the other way of thinking, that sometimes you just need to be face-to-face. You need to talk about fears and, and dreams of the future and what's going to be for our family. You can't just assume that because I'm doing the right thing and I'm analysing and, and I'm walking there and she knows I love her, that she does. She needs to understand, not just through words, but action, that you love her. And part of that action is being face-to-face and opening up your heart and sharing deep things with your wife. But also on the other side, ladies, sometimes a man just doesn't want to talk and it's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he doesn't care about you. He might just be not wanting to talk. He's had a tough day. He just wants you to sit with him and watch TV. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) (coughs) So there's this side of man that he likes to be shoulder to shoulder in a relationship and and quite often they talk about that in the men's shed sort of things. They say men talk shoulder to shoulder. That's how they talk. It's like you're with me on this journey and they like to take you with them. And the last one, sexuality, appreciate his desire for sexual intimacy. Men are wired that way and they love it. They really do. If you do that um, love languages test, you know, what's your love language? I can't remember all of them. I think there's five different things. But, you know, usually men are pretty high in touch area. Women are pretty high in the talking sort of area. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just different. But we need to understand one another, and it doesn't rule out a husband either. We might go into that one day, but we'll make that a m-rated service one day where we're talking about how that is that you can actually love your wife in a pure way and how you can respond to your husband in a pure way in that area but i'll just point that today okay you've got to appreciate that you know just one little thing if you really want your husband not to look at another woman you cannot deny him all the time can you You really can't because men really are driven by sensual things. That's just the way we are. And so you've got to appreciate that there's that desire and and sometimes you just appreciate it and you love each other that way, okay? All right, that's pretty much it today. It's sort of a hard message to give, (laughs) to be honest. It really is. But what we want to do is for you to go home, think about it, really dwell on it. Think about how you are as a wife. You know, it's, it, like I said, it's easy for us to get up here and say, husbands love your wives, you need to do this and that and all those sorts of things because love is such an easy word to use, right? But this other side of it, respect and submit, that's not so easy because it challenges our own attitudes in a way that, that really has to make us think. What's God saying? What is God saying? I'd encourage you to go home, read through it, take it apart, do word studies of every different word you can and see what God really leads you into. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for that institution of marriage. Lord, it's actually not an institution. It's a joy. That you've given us one another, Lord, a husband and wife, to be together to work on this mission for you on earth, Lord, to raise godly families, to to build your church, to glorify you, Father God. 
And we just want to do that today. Lord, I just want to pray right now that you just speak to us and again open our hearts in these areas, Lord, and just show us exactly what you want us to do in Jesus' name. So I just remembered something when we were praying. I didn't tell you when you don't have to submit, did I? And you're all waiting for that, I'm sure. Okay. These are the times when you do not need to submit to your husband, okay? Number one, if a husband asks you to sin. So Queen Vashti, that would be one of those examples, but um, back in the hippie days, there'd be guys that would prostitute their wife out for drugs, things like that. They're so obvious, but if your husband asks you to sin, you do not have to submit to that authority in any way whatsoever. Number two, if the husband is medically incapable or insane. Okay? That happens. Someone's just off their tree. You're not required to submit to them. Number three, they are physically abusive or they endanger the safety of you or your children. You do not have to submit to that. Okay? No no reason that you should. Or emotionally abusive husbands as well. You don't have to submit to that emotional abuse. Number four, if the marriage bond is broken by adultery, okay, you're free then not to be in that marriage. However, you can choose to stay in that marriage and work at it and work it out. People have done it for eternity probably where there's been problems and, and somehow God's come in and sorted that out. There's people in this church that that's happened with, that God's just miraculously joined them together again after something like that. So you do not have to submit in that area either, okay? So that's that.